T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It's Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. I'm Bo Matthews. That's Mark Cox. That's Carl Middleman. Hello. And Happy New Year. Finally feeling a little more like winter out there now that it's 2022. I guess we were waiting on that. Uh, I yeah, know. I'm yeah. a Minnesota boy, so I, I, really, I was hoping for a white Christmas. Didn't get it, so I, I was happy with 70. True. Yeah, but happy to live the, the Blues going to Minnesota and playing outdoor in single digits. That's going to be pretty no, cool. Negative digits, Mark. Negative digits. What's the coldest uh, weather you've been in? Uh, you know, I told this story on the show this week. I, When I was still living in Ohio, I went to a football game at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Uh, Browns versus the Bengals would have been 89, maybe 88 or 89. All right. And it was air temperature was about 10. Yeah. And there was a 20 mile an hour wind blowing off the lake. <laughs> so I'm guessing we were in negative eight or nine degrees at least air air temperature wise. I mean, chill, chill factor wise wind chill yeah it yeah. was miserable uh, and and you would walk into the bathroom should i tell the story carl mm. and and back then at cleveland municipal stadium all the the old stadium all they had were troughs oh, in yeah. the men's room and when you would open the door a ball of steam and i'll let you uh, let you imagine what that was would roll out of the door every time the door opened oh. because it was so cold outside sure. and that bathroom is about one of the warmest spots in the building if you could stand the smell. I so. remember as a kid, I grew up in Minnesota, so we were watching the Vikings when we watched them on Sunday and it was snowing or a blizzard. Yeah. And they're playing. The screen on TV was white. And I don't know how they called the game or how they played the game, uh, but uh, temperatures, uh, I'd, I'm not afraid of them. I started radio in Gillette, Wyoming, a little boom town. Oh. 38 below actual temperatures and i thought okay i'm a minnesota boy i can handle this but there's nothing out there it's just when it's that cold and you take a breath and your nose hairs freeze 100 <laughs> percent. we would leave our vehicles running all night long so we could get to work the next day what absolutely just leave them idle all night yep yep and uh and hope they run all night yeah uh but the other thing that freaked me out about the really ultra cold and snow out there out west was when the highway patrol would call the radio station and said, okay, we're shutting the highway down. We're shutting the... They have gates on the highway. You've seen them. Yeah. They shut them down, and it freaked... I had claustrophobia being stuck in a town. Hmm. Not on... I mean, you couldn't leave. You couldn't leave. That freaked me out. And for everybody yeah. that was out on the road... You're on your own. It's it's crazy cold, but nothing like that here. But it's it's nice cold weather now. Um, you know, coming up on the show, I wanted to uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you about this burn a gun 
Uh, it's a, a pepper ball style pistol or rifle that is being offered to the general public, which I think is a great idea, especially since we talk about all the first-time gun buyers in the last couple of years. How dangerous that can be if they haven't shot it ever, but they've got it in their nightstand. That's so dangerous. <laughs> um, this is a less lethal thing, and now they're talking about putting it into law enforcement. I have an uncle who's bought a handgun a few years ago. I was at the house, and I saw him again this past trip to Ohio and asked him about the gun. He's still never taken it out of the box and shot it. Ooh. And he brought it for home defense. So you're absolutely right. That's a, that's a valid point. When I looked at this gun, and, and we're going to talk more with a, a lieutenant uh, from a sheriff's department, they're, they're going to utilize these initially, in, it sounds like, in their jail. But looking at the gun... It lo- other than the fact that it's orange, right? It looks like a regular handgun in the pictures. Maybe it's a little thicker. I I don't know. Uh, the rifle is also orange, apparently a different color. So it's pretty clear that you're not grabbing the more lethal weapon that you might have. But in in a close situation in your house, you know, if you fired it at somebody and ended up being the wrong person, it's it's non lethal. Right. They're, they're gonna suffer because of the pepper powder in it but beyond that it certainly sounds like an idea it would certainly give you the time to get away or you know run or something like that if you could hit them there's a lot of benefits to it they're they're not cheap at all uh but i you know i'm a huge fan for anybody male or female carrying mace um you know where else i think this uh, burn a gun it's byrna dot com if you want to look it up the other place i think it would be really helpful is for hikers uh, or uh, the, the dog attack that we heard about this week. My yeah. goodness, that, that rabid dog in the neighborhood. Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Lake St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, multiple people got attacked by a dog. I think this would be great. I wonder if it would work on a pet. Uh, I say a pet. You probably a have to dog. hit it in the head. Well, yeah. I would guess. I yeah. wonder, I wonder yeah. how, they, how that would react. But anyway, for hikers, you went out to where the bears are this past year. Oh, this would be worthless. You don't Worthless. think the you don't think the pepper would do no. anything to them? No. Well, what what's no. bear spray? Now they might what's bear be. Spray? Well, they it it's it's the most concentrated form of pepper spray on earth, so they might be able to make a more lethal version of the of the pepper spray in the in the in the pods. <laughs> okay. But you know, there's no guarantee bear spray is going to work. It's just designed that if you hit them in the face with it, you hope it will deter them. The problem is it'll spray up to thirty feet. But if there's the slightest bit of wind, it carries the it carries away and it never hits them. Or it carries right back to so you. So imagine having to be within 30 feet of an enraged grizzly bear and trying to hit it with bear spray. Okay. I'll take the 10 millimeter any day of the well, week. Well, again, you. for those that but don't want... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you got my point. You got I, my point. I do get your point. Maybe an option. Maybe they come up with a super... Duper, for that super one. duper, yeah, yeah, super duper. We're also going to talk to Tim Chelsvik from Drury Outdoors, the Thinking Woodsman, on the program. But coming up next, Lieutenant Greg Smith from Johnson County, Kansas Sheriff's Department, to talk about this new technology, the Burna Gun. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Stay right there. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. Well, it might sound a little different if you get uh, on board with the idea of a burn gun, which to me, there's a play on words there because we've all seen, you know, the cop shows, yeah. the burner gun. The burner phone. Yeah, oh, the yeah, burner phone. Burn a burner yeah. phone. It's like a, just a little temporary thing. Yeah, right? this is B-Y-R-N-A, and yeah. uh, I believe I heard uh, some some national advertising for this thing. It's a. It's basically a pepper pol- a pepper ball pistol, which is different than the uh, the beanbag shotguns that they have. Obviously, different than the taser. And this guy, uh, this department actually was in the news that they are going to entertain getting some of these. Want to welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. This segment brought to you by Razorback Armory, by the way. And I don't know if they sell the burner gun, but they've got real guns. And they've <laughs> yeah. got some uh, one-of-a-kinds collectibles. They love to customize guns. If you've never been to see and meet Jesse and Brad at Razorback Armory, do that in De Pair, half mile east of 270. Go to RazorbackArmory.com. Uh, it's a great store. And they can customize any Anything you want, but welcome to the show, Lieutenant Greg Smith from the Johnson County, Kansas uh, Sheriff's Department to uh, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. How are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, uh, we saw the news story that uh, that your Sheriff's Department is going to be uh, buying some of these Berna guns, uh, but I wanted you to explain to the listeners, because these are available for the public, but law enforcement is entertaining the idea of adding it to your arsenal as well. You've had experience uh, trying this thing out, right? Yes, I have. And what was that experience like? Well, we did some testing on it just to see uh, if it would be something that we could utilize as another form of less lethal um, to utilize with our department. And uh, from what we've seen so far in the preliminary, it looks like it's going to work uh, fairly well for for what we're uh, looking to do. Yeah, you know they're they're pretty clear, uh, Lieutenant Mark Cox here. By the way, they're pretty clear on the website for Berna. This is not a firearm. I guess it's not regulated at all, uh, but it's designed as another less lethal option for your department. How how would this work? Do you guys carry tasers now? As it is. Well, right now, uh, in the jail, uh, where this program is going to start out with, we carry tasers and we carry OC spray. Okay. On patrol, uh, they carry tasers, they carry less lethal shotguns, and uh, pepper spray out there and batons. Um, uh, So this is going to be added to that group of weapons. And here in the jail, the way we plan on uh, utilizing it is our supervisors here. We usually have two sergeants on per shift. And they will both be utilizing the burn gun, and then our deputies and module officers will be carrying tasers. 
Yeah. So so I'm assuming then before uh, using something like this or purchasing it for the department, you guys have tried them out. Um, what what's that like? I remember when when I believe our our local uh, police department and and the county police here in the Saint, Greater St. Louis area when they first got the tasers at the academy, they made the officers get tased so they'd have an idea what it was they're about to put somebody through. Uh, it wh- what is the impact of this thing? How do you how do you shoot it? What how hard does it hit? G- give us an idea what you're dealing with here. Well, if you've ever played paintball, it's very similar to that. Uh, The projectile comes out of the barrel about 300 feet per second, which is approximately about the way it does in paintball. Um, This is to be used, you know, anywhere out to 60 feet. Uh, With uh, some of the things we've done preliminary, we haven't shot each other with them yet, but that will come as we go through the training, unfortunately, because I've I've been tased seven times. Wow. And I've, I've, I've been hit by a few other of our non-lethal stuff just to get the idea of what it is. Pepper spray is probably the worst thing you can ever deal with outside of OC. So this is a basically a, a, a dry pepper spray is what okay. it is. It's 5%. Right. Uh, the, I can't even say it. The oleorsin capsicum, which is basically what's in our liquid pepper spray. Um, but the nice thing about this is uh, some of the stuff we've done recently is it comes out almost like a talcum powder consistency. So it, when it hits what it's aimed at, or if you shoot it into a room, it hits and disperses and, and drops to the floor rather quickly. Whereas with a liquid OC, when you spray that into a room, it's everywhere. Right. And depending on which way the wind blows, it's you know I've used it in the field outside in the wind and i've gotten just as much of it as the bad guy got and then we're both fighting and crying so this has a little bit better of a staying powder it kind of hits the intended person and pretty much just affects them for the most part now of course when you go hands-on uh you'll get some of that effect but it's not near as uh bothersome with wind and things like that uh greg how long have you been uh, in law enforcement uh, 34 years. Okay, so in the 34 years, however long ago it was that the taser came out, uh, think back to that first time that you were able to use it or receive it. Um, what was, Were you as, as impressed with that as you are the burn-a-gun or more impressed with the burn-a-gun? Actually, the taser, for, for its purpose, works really well because when it connects like it's supposed to, it's an absolute. Very few people can fight through that, unlike pepper spray where I've seen people get hit with pepper spray and then just look at you and go, give me something to eat this with, and we'll continue on. <laughs> I think you said put it on, put it on my taco. Yeah, right? put it on Thank my you. taco, yeah. let's go. And, and that's a scary thought when you hit somebody with that stuff and they look at you like you shouldn't have done that, you know. So um, what I like about this is that, uh, uh, unfortunately, the taser has its limited uses, 26 feet, uh, baggy clothing it doesn't always work on. Uh, you got to get the probes. They got to hit just right in order to get the effect you need. Uh, pepper spray, on the other hand, works really well. Unfortunately, it gets everybody. And if you shoot it inside, it gets everybody in a room. It gets everybody in the adjacent room. Right. Uh, one of the nice things that we've noticed about this, and we actually did shoot a individual cell. We shot it like we would think we would intend to use it for several different reasons. We shot it. Uh, my colonel, who's in charge of the jail here. My major and myself walked into the room about 
one second after we shot it, two seconds, three seconds, and the major or the colonel who went in first was affected within about 30 seconds of being in there. Uh, the major got some effect. I didn't get hardly any. And it affected the major to the point he had to walk out and, you know, uh, take a couple breaths and get some clean air. Uh, but, but what I like about this is it doesn't affect the adjoining rooms. It doesn't affect the people coming in. This is one of those things where you can, if you have somebody that's being a problem, you can actually shoot at the ceiling and let it fall down on top of them and then just kind of let them cook. Yeah. Wow. And then yeah. when they're ready to give up, we can walk in and take them into custody as opposed to, okay, five guys, let's go get him. Like it used to be when I first started, it was you get the big guys and let's go get this guy. Well, I'd like to compliment you on your initiative there of sending your superior officers in first. I think that was brilliant. <laughs> well, actually, our our uh, colonel here, uh, Dale Reed, is very much a uh, use of force type person and and very much uh, interested in this, and he's one of the spearheaders, along with Sheriff Calvin Hayden, uh, to implement this program here in the jail, because, you know, we have uh, 500 in custody now, but we, we've had up to 1,000. COVID's kind of changed the way things are being kept here, but the most of use of forces that happen in the county happen inside the jail. Yeah, I'll bet they do. Uh, we're talking to Lieutenant Greg Smith from the Johnson County, Kansas uh, uh, Sheriff's Department. And, you know, you mentioned that this is specifically for use in the jail. Do you foresee a time when it it's used by officers who were out on the street? Because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to a case we had here in St. Louis recently that is very similar to that Kim Potter case where she was trying to chase down, in in the St. Louis case, somebody who had shoplifted, uh, ordered them to stop. They wouldn't stop. She drew, instead of her taser, she drew her handgun, accidentally shot somebody. So if you're carrying this on your body, there's got to be a lot of training involved so you know what you're pulling out, right? Yes, and, and that's one of the things that's nice about this. Um, we will carry this weapon, not only is it a bright orange color, uh, so it's 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 visually different. All of our less lethal equipment is bright orange usually. If we have a less lethal shotgun, it's got a bright orange stock and a bright orange uh, barrel on it and stuff. So this will be carried uh, support hand draw. So if you're familiar with drawing, you have your strong hand draw and your support hand. So you will basically look like an old west gunslinger. You'll have a right high, right side holster or left side, whichever. I don't like to talk about the lefties, but... I'm a righty, so uh, we don't worry one. about the lefties too much. But for us righties, our guns on our right side, and the and the and the less lethal will be on the left side. You'll have to physically draw that with your left hand. And I think a lot of the problems we've had with the uh, issues with taser and stuff like that, and it's not taser's issue. It's the way in which we've always taught it as a cross draw weapon, to where you actually are grabbing the less lethal with your lethal hand. Okay. And sometimes in, in the heat of the moment and all the situations quickly unfolding, you forget that your right hand's got a bad gun in it as opposed to a good gun. Right. And so if we always use our support hand for our less lethal weapons, you're less likely. I can't say it won't happen, but your mind will be set that if it's in my support hand, that's a that's an okay shooty. If it's in my right hand, that's a that's a hurt 'em shooty, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Right. 
Well, when when it gets implemented into even your jail, I would love to revisit uh, our conversation with it. You know, in in a real life experience to get some data on that. Are there other departments that are uh, using this uh, uh, that you know I, of? I think there's some place up in the northeast where they've uh, replaced all of their. Because I think up in uh, Seattle area, up in that or northwest, sorry, uh, where Seattle and all that, where they've pretty much outlawed them from using anything uh, up there. Uh, that they've went to the, I think it's the M4, which is the rifle, uh, kind of like the AR version of it, Yeah. Um, to use it up there. And I know that we're looking into that. As we go through this process, you know, the jail here is the first place to use it. My guess is that by the end of the year, it'll be out in our patrol division because it's definitely, a, 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 I, I believe, based on how we've used it so far, that it's a good yeah, extra choice. I'll bet. You know, and I was thinking back to that. I've played paintball before. Yeah, me too. And you know, usually I'd go out there and I'd rent the equipment because I didn't do it regularly. And then somebody'd come strolling in there that bought one of those professional paint guns, <laughs> and the accuracy difference in all of that was incredible. So my right. guess is that one of those AR style Berna rifles is uh, what? Do you have any idea what the range is on something like that? I think. Those are out to 50 yards. Okay, um, yeah. And, 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 the, and the key to this is, too, uh, to going back to paintball, this is the same .68 uh, caliber projectile that paintball is, but this is a powdered uh, substance inside, so it doesn't have the ability, it doesn't have the, the tendency to cause it to misshape when it comes out. You know, a paintball sometimes, you know, it's like a muzzle loader. Yeah. Goes right, goes left, goes up, goes down. This one we found shooting all the weapons. They brought everything out. We shot all of them, and all of them were point of aim. Uh, now, the further you get out, you'll have a little drop. But for the most part, you're shooting, uh, you know, a four- or five-inch group without any trouble at all, even out at 60 feet with a handgun. You, and uh, you had said uh, when I talked to you before, uh, Lieutenant Greg Smith, uh, you said that your department has uh, been on board with innovative ideas. And what was that innovation that you guys uh, jumped on board uh, in the history of your sheriff's department uh, before that you mentioned? Well, um, like I said, I've been with the sheriff's office a long time. I worked at patrol for 27 years. We were the first agencies in, in this area to have body-worn cameras. Okay. And everybody now wears a camera. Yeah. Um, we've had cameras on everybody for at least four or five years now. Um, when we went to the uh, the taser was another thing that we went to. We also use a thing called a glove, a G-L-O-V-E. I can't tell you what it all basically is, but it's like any of you farm kids that lived out in the country and had the, uh, the uh, electric fence turned on burn weeds, and you grab that fence and get a handful of that, that's what this glove is. It's basically an electrified glove that if someone is holding someone or holding something hostage or won't do something for us in the jail environment, we can grab a hold of them, this thing, and it will make them let go. Really? Well, I've, I've never heard that of that. One too, and I did not like it. Wow. I had a cousin make me pee on a, uh, an electric fence when I was a kid, and I didn't like that either. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I bet not. No, no. And that's exactly what I was talking about, because I was a country kid, and when I'd bring the city kids out, I'd go, hey, you know, do this. You ought to try this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just once. And, but that's exactly what that feels like. It is a, it's in a glove form, kind of like a snowmobile glove. You push the button on it, and you just reach out and put a hold of somebody, and it hurts. I mean, it hurts really bad. 
and it makes you rethink what you're doing. And it's just one more way in which we have looked at these new technologies to come in because I don't care how good a fighter you are or how big a guy you are, when you fight somebody, somebody gets hurt, whether it's yeah, you true. or the good guy or the bad guy, someone gets hurt. And the less we can fight, I mean, in a perfect world, I'd walk up to somebody and say, you're under arrest, turn around, put your hands behind your back. Sure. They would do so. They would get in my car, and we would be on with it. And you know you what? Know? And, and any of these big, high-profile cases over the last several years wouldn't have been an issue if the bad guys uh, listened to law enforcement. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I've, I've been on the side where I've told somebody to turn around, put your hands behind your back, get in the car, and they've done it for me, and I've been on the side where they're like, we ain't going without a fight. And I'm like, okay, no, well, I guess that's where we got to go. <laughs> no I mean, bad decisions. You know, and unfortunately, you know, and, and this might be off topic, but as law enforcement, we we are, you know, we, we don't have a choice. If we've got a bad guy out there doing bad things, we have to do something to stop the bad. Yes. And sometimes when we do stuff to stop the bad, it doesn't always work out like we hope. True. And But if we don't do something... We're vilified for not doing something. So I think by us always looking to uh, new tools, new ways of doing things, new things, that we are doing our best to protect the citizens of Johnson County and those who drive through Johnson County and protect those that we have to arrest and bring to jail from getting hurt, if at all possible. And, you know, and you have to always be looking for new things. Well, it's a great point, And thank you for your service. And uh, we've always got the backs of our law enforcement members around here. So, Lieutenant, we appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you guys for calling us. Absolutely. Happy New Year to you. And uh, we'll we'll reach out in a month or so uh, or a couple of months and uh, see how the uh, experiment is going with the new Burna gun. That's B-Y-R-N-A, which, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, is uh, also great for home defense, especially if you're a first-time gun owner and you haven't trained or shot it. This may be the better option for you. Just saying, because there's a lot of people that have bought a gun and it's like, oh, I'm scared, but at least I've got one. But if you haven't trained, that's the worst thing you could do. That's a good point. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. That's my point. Lieutenant right. Greg Smith from the Johnson County, uh, Kansas Sheriff's Department. Thank you, my friend. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah. All right. Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. I, I'm so glad we were able to talk to him because uh, it is, like you said, it's just other tools. The glove thing, I think, is cool. That, that, I, I'll bet a lot of cop pranks happen with that glove, too. <laughs> Pushing that thing, landing on somebody's seat. Oh, yeah. You, you know, know that's, that's right. happening. All right. Stick around on the next uh, segment of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Tim Chelsvik from Drury Outdoors, the thinking woodsman, is going to join us next. Listening to Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. A happy 2022. I hope uh, everyone uh, had a great New Year's Eve and uh, maybe you're out recovering today. I don't know. <laughs> that could be. That could be. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe you're out uh, planning your next hunt. Could be. Could be. Yeah. And uh, so I, I thought it was a good idea, uh, and so did Carl. It was actually his idea. <laughs> Because he saw Tim Chelsvik uh, from Drury Outdoors at the Blues game this week. And uh, do you get recognized in public? Do people ask you for autographs and selfies, Tim? Are you guys talking to Carl? No, I'm talking about you. (laughs) I know Carl gets that, but you, you know, you're famous. Carl friggin' Middleman. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, his head is swelling as you speak, Tim. Stop. (laughs) Oh, headphones just broke. (laughs) Hockey game on Wednesday. Tim requested this John Party song. I didn't know you were like the DJ extraordinaire at uh, I play oh. all If you show music. up and you text him, he'll play, generally speaking, whatever well, you ask. It's got to be a song that can be played at a hockey game. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to play Skrillex. Well, yeah, actually, I have. Bangarang Skrillex. Oh, great. wow. You wow. Just, are you yeah, speaking right, in Chinese? Right. I don't even know what you're talking about. Skrillex? Yes, that's those are songs that we play at hockey. And so Tim said, hey, I'm going to be at the <laughs> hockey game on Wednesday. Can you play John Party? And I said, I have a perfect spot for that. Let me know when you're there. Because sometimes when people text me, I'm like, hey, can you play? And I play it. They're not at the game yet. Ah, and I'm not gonna the purpose. It. I'm not going to play it again. So <laughs> I well, played it was this. Super- it was super sweet of Carl to do that. It was a song. It was a song dedicated to my wife, and, she, and I told her, "It's like you got a surprise coming. You know, it might happen you know, during the game, but just be listening." She's like, "What am I listening for?" I was like, "Just listen." And and when he popped it up, it was uh, it was it was pretty cool. She just she couldn't believe it. So thank you again, Carl, for doing. You're welcome. That. And and the name of the song. Tequila Little Time by John Party. Tequila oh, I've heard that one. Time, I've yeah. heard that It's what one. we just bumped in with. I'd have started with uh, Tequila Makes Her Clothes Fall Off, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm afraid. So, Carl, if I next time I'm at the Blues game and I request uh, a good Jim Stafford song, oh. like I got stoned and I missed it, would you play that for me? <laughs> if, if there's the opportunity, they're doing a Grateful Dead night, and I don't know how I'm going to be playing Grateful Dead music. Oh. That kind of, they're not up-tempo enough for... Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. I know. So with Jim Stafford from, you know, that is from his album, Not Just Another Pretty Foot. Remember that one? I, I had that album. I can't believe you guys don't know it. Come on. Now you got to go to Branson to see that's it. That's so. real old yeah, country. Right. Do the Bald Knobbers do that song? Just no, kidding. Jim Stafford does that <laughs> oh, okay. song. Come oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, the reason we have Tim on is because he is a hunter extraordinaire. Uh, and if you see him in public, ask him for a selfie because he'll charge you $5 for it. Uh, the Thinking Outdoorsman, mm-hmm. Drury Outdoors. Uh, has it been a good year? Was 2021 a good year for Drury Outdoors? Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, and I, I think a lot of hunters saw that it was, it was kind of a tough deer season and, and deer season is still on archery season is, is still on for most people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just the, the, the way the moon phase fell out in October and, and November and the unseasonably warm temperatures we've had, uh, they really, it really push a lot of the, the, the whitetail rutting activity. It still happens. The rut always happens. People say, oh, we didn't have much of a rut this year. We always, the deer always have a rut. The deer are always, they always breed around the same time. But sometimes when the moon phase doesn't work out quite right and the temperatures aren't are right, a lot of that rutting activity happens overnight when yeah. people can't hunt. So, uh, so yeah, Mark, Mark sounds like you maybe have some experience with, uh, with the slow deer season. I'll tell, I'll tell you my nightmare deer story coming up, but go ahead. <laughs> but, but yeah, a, a lot of guys had a slow season and, and, and we've, we've, uh, we've seen kind of the same thing across our 60 team members that huh. it's been kind of a tough, a tough year overall. Yeah. It was a tough year for me. I tell you. So did you so see anything? Mark? I did. I did. So for the first time this year in a long time, I saw an eight point buck. Whoa. Okay. And I, I, 
decided I'm going to go to the very back side of the property where we hunt. I drove the ATV back there in the dark, thought I knew where I was going, but hadn't been back there in a while. Uh, they'd done some logging and cut a new trail, and I took the wrong trail. So I get oh, off boy. the bike, and I'm suddenly lost. And I've got my little uh, uh, On Hunt app, if I'm allowed to talk mm-hmm. about that when I got Drury on here. And, and I'm trying to find the tree stand in the dark just by pointing the using oh, the GPS. So I wandered around for 30 or 40 minutes up and down hills. I couldn't find it. I finally had to sit down by a tree uh, until it got daylight, and then I walked down the hill. I was only about 50 yards from the stand. I was oh, close. So, so I, get up in, I get up in the stand. I'm thinking I've probably blown my opportunity now. Sitting mm-hmm. there maybe 30 minutes, I look off to my left. I see something. There's an eight-point buck moseying his way up the hill about 70 yards to my left. Oh, boy. So at this point, I've got my M1A. I've got my I've got him in the, in my scope. I'd loaded it in the dark, right? I uh-huh. pull the trigger and I hear a loud click. Oh. I had a misfire. I thought for sure I didn't have a round in there. Well, the deer looks up at me. I tried to be tried to be still and I tried to turn the gun over and get the jam out uh w- which took a minute and by the time I got the gun reloaded and lifted it up again it was it, I saw a white tail and 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 hoofs flying up oh. the hill. But <laughs> on the that br- orange but- lump just made a <laughs> noise. I'm yeah, out of through, here. through the tears in your eyes. <laughs> I'm like that's, that's brutal. This is my luck and I took I took that round it was a hornady round. <laughs> I took it back to base camp later and I and I tried firing it again it would not fire. And every other round in the in the magazine did fire. So I, I just got a bad round, just bad luck. Well, but, next next deer season, throw some Winchester deer season XP <laughs> yeah. in in your chamber okay. and see what happens. I guarantee that that round's going to go off. Good advice. Would but, this have what? been your biggest deer? Ever? Oh, by far. Oh, really? In terms oh, of in no. terms of one with a, a with with a rack, uh, I killed a bigger deer that had lost its rack. Uh, but I'd never, I've never, I'd never killed one that, that was mountable. That one. Wow. Been but there is an upside oh. to the story, isn't there, Mark? Yes, there is. So the deer runs up the hill from me on the property next door, at the top of the next hill. I can see a hunter in a tree stand up there. Come to find uh-huh. out, I hear a gunshot. They killed my deer at the top of the next hill, <sighs> and it ended up ended up that guy had his nephew out there. It was his first time hunting, and he killed my eight point buck. Oh no! So I did that kid. That kid's got a memory for life because of my failure. He'll I'm be so telling. Happy, he'll be telling his story until he's eighty-five years old. And guess what? You'll be telling your <sighs> same story for 80, until you're eighty-five. Everybody and Mark wins. Cox hates some random thirteen-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Tim. Uh, I know this is a story about a friend of a friend of a friend of yours. Uh, but there was a story of a uh, what a two hundred and ten inch. It was 200. He's, 200. he's been tracking him since he was 150. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll just say, we'll call him BG at this point uh, because he's he's a little shy uh, to talk about the story. Uh, but this monster deer has been uh, tracked for four or five years. Uh, this guy has gotten several sheds. This is in St. Louis County. Um, can you tell us what you know about that story? Uh, just the, 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 like, like you said, Bo, the guy has a lot of history with this deer and, and this guy, like one of his main, the, the main type of bow hunting he does is suburban bow hunting around in, in St. Louis County. And, uh, boy, it, it's such a mixed bag. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there because there are some really good deer. In fact, we know that there are too many deer in St. Louis County for the carrying capacity of the, of the land. It's dangerous for motorists. It's dangerous. You know, people can't have gardens and like it's it's there are too many deer 
they need to be taken out. Bow hunting is a great tool to do that, and that's what this guy does. He bow hunts a lot. But uh, the the um, the other side of that uh, that equation then is public sentiment, and not everybody is is okay with hunting, and and some people have issues with it, and and so when you're hunting in close proximity to other people with differing ideas about hunting and animals and management, um, you're gonna you're gonna probably ruffle some feathers, and I think that's partially what happened here. And, uh, and then also like you kill a big deer and jealous, you know, we were kind of joking about it with Mark's, it wasn't Mark's deer, but it was a deer that Mark saw that someone else killed. <laughs> He's on first. He's on first. <laughs> <laughs> tell me how good that deer tastes. Mark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> then you can tell me if it's yours, but, um, but, but, but th- then That's you have brutal. other hunters who are just, I mean, frankly jealous that they, that someone else killed a big deer and they didn't. And so they're going to. They're going to piss and moan about someone killing a big deer under circumstances that they wouldn't hunt or they don't hunt or they don't get to hunt. So like we were talking about before we went on air, killing a big deer is great, but there's also a lot of drama that comes with it. I mean, grown men can be friggin' crybabies when it comes to uh, other people killing deer and, and, uh, and, so, and so you kind of, you're kind of seeing that with this scenario, plus the added, uh, the added complexity of, differing opinions on hunting especially in a suburban area so well, it, a lot of layers to that story it was such an epic uh, deer and he had been tracking it and i'm sure a lot of people had seen this deer famous in the area um that you know like you said they're jealous of it and and here's the thing he did it legally and he's be, it's being claimed by you know some keyboard warrior that it was illegal but he was so proud that he finally took this down, and again, he's been collecting sheds from it for four or five years. Um, that he put it on a big, a big time hunting website, and that's where the hate began. To the point of putting the guy's face and his cell phone number on they were telephone poles. Him. See, that's a shame. It is uh, because I, out of jealousy. What, what was the name of the fish at, uh, in Mayberry that was the elusive giant fish? That nobody could catch was it Walter or something like that? Oh, on the Andy the Griffith show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it reminded me of that story because it's the this deer happened to be the elusive one. But you know what? As you mentioned, there needs to be management. Certainly in the county, we hear from Mark all the time. He almost hits a deer every day to work. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wild yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's crazy because at Deercast, we I have a team of writers and we do stories on big deer, and um. And a lot of times we'll contact someone that killed a really big deer and they'll say, you know, I'd rather not talk about it. I, I, I don't want my picture out there. I don't want my name out there because these people know how other people in the hunting community can be. And I, I wrote a piece for my website, thethinkingwoodsman.com, a few years back titled The Very Best Anti-Hunters. And the premise is it's not PETA. It's not true anti-hunters it's other hunters yeah. being terrible to other hunters <laughs> i mean it, 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 imagine being a young hunter someone who's new to the 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 pursuit and, uh, and you're trying to get information you're trying to get encouragement you're trying to figure it all out and you've got people that should be helping you and they're just they're giving you a hard time and they're 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 <laughs> griping about the method you use it's just it, it turns people off it turns people away like why would i want to be a part of a group of people that is so catty and terrible to each other so i, like I think being hunters could be the best anti hunters <laughs> unfortunately yeah, yeah. both you're thinking of old sam old sam do you remember that storyline I, I do i, I do I, 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 howard <laughs> caught the fish that everybody had been trying to get forever and and so we should call this deer old sam um 
that that was uh, was taken down. Again, the guy had been tracking it. He'd been getting the sheds. It, it's just a shame. And this is this is where social media goes wrong. You know, the guy wants to put it out there, tell the world. If social media didn't exist, he'd tell a couple of buddies, and that's as far as the story would go. You didn't join PETA? No. People for the eating of tasty animals? <laughs> you know, I the, yeah. Oh, yes, I joined that group. I'm married to a vegetarian, remember. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, know, you know what he did tell me? Because I did talk to this guy, BG, we we're calling him. Uh, he said his first phone call was to the Missouri Department of Conservation. Just to let them know this this deer was taken where it was taken legally. Although the claim out there is, people put his uh, somebody put his phone number and his picture out. He got no hate. He got no. As a matter of fact, he got a couple of people reached out in messenger. Congratulations! And he and he, and he re- responded to them that no, let me set the story straight. And th- and it put those people back on their heels. So he was able to you yeah. know, explain it to them. And in, in a couple of weeks, maybe we can get him to tell the story here. Yeah. Well, a, a few years back, they killed a, a really good buck down at Devil's Backbone uh, in uh, southwest Missouri. It went 160. And uh, and, and uh, we did uh, there were a lot of stories written about it. it, we, it he hit television like there was a lot, a lot of media generated from that deer. And I saw people making comments online saying, oh, that deer was killed at Lake of the Ozarks or see that deer is eating a pile of corn. And I was like, my gosh, I, I was there. I, I killed that deer. <laughs> None of those things are true. But no. it doesn't take any facts for people to make these claims. They just make a claim online and they move on. And it's like, holy cow, you're muttering, you're muddying the waters on something that just it, there's no controversy here. You're making something out of nothing. And it's really just it's it's so incredible to see how that happens so quickly. So I, I, I understand why people want to lay low and they kill a big deer. They, they don't want they don't want to deal with all the, the hassle and the drama from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, That's why true. I don't do it. Yeah. No, no, I don't blame you. <laughs> so what do you have uh, for 2022? Can you tease us about what's going on with Drury Outdoors and the Thinking Woodsman? Um, nope. Not a thing. <laughs> we, we, we definitely, we definitely have some really big improvements coming to the DeerCast app. So, oh, so that's really cool. I, I actually killed a couple really good deer this, this, uh, this year. So they'll end up on TV, uh, on, on our show, natural born, uh, Winchester and Drury outdoors, natural born on the sportsman's channel. Uh, one of them was a suburban, a suburban buck taken over in wildwood. Like he oh, went excellent. 140, <clears throat> 140 wow. inches. Uh, it was it was a beautiful deer, and, I, and I've been I've been hunting him for two years. Um, so uh, so it was, so personally, it was a good year, and I actually have a good ten pointer in Eureka that I'm that I'm on right now. That uh, and I've got a few days left to uh, to seal the deal on. But uh, but it, it could be a really good deer. It could be a really good year for me because I did get a managed hunt tag. I was able to, to hunt Greensfelder County Park. Oh, nice. To the Missouri Department of Conservation's managed hunt program. It took a nice buck out of there uh, and, and an antler deer. So uh, so trying to you know control the population. Well, Tim Chelswick from Drury Outdoors, my friend, thank you and a happy new year to you. Yeah, happy new year, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we'll talk to you in 2022, my friend. Be careful. Shoot straight out there. All right. Lots to talk about coming up. It's going to be a great year. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know what? Uh, good to see you again on our week hiatus we had over Christmas. <laughs> Absolutely. Good to be oh, back. Happy you. New Year. And thank you for listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Share the podcast with your friends that are of like minds that uh, want to keep the Second Amendment and enjoy the great outdoors. We'll see you next weekend. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 